Good evening. Welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It's Tuesday morning, technically, but we'll still call it Monday. Um, so it's Tuesday the 11th. And um, here we are. Um, don't go looking for a Friday podcast from last week. There is none. And I apologize for that, but I'm not going to keep apologizing for it. As we head towards summer here in about a few weeks, I'm going to be going off to scout camp. And the live will be podcast. Uh, I don't want to say it won't be podcast, but it will not be on a regular schedule um, as we go forward. So, welcome. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I'm not even sure where to begin because there are so many different things that are going on right now in the world. Um, where to start? Well, here, let's start off with this. If you remember a couple of years ago, um, President uh, Trump made a grand announcement regarding uh, a deal that he had negotiated with U.S. Steel to investigate one or to invest $1.5 billion dollars in their plants in Pennsylvania. Um, this was done, of course, to keep jobs here in the United States um, and to improve and add jobs in the United States, as well as providing the necessary manufacturing infrastructure that was so needed to uh, free ourselves from the, the Chinese. Um, fast forward, uh, just, uh, April 30th, U.S. Steel announced that they are not going to be building and investing that $1.5 billion in Pennsylvania, probably not in the United States at all. Um, the reason why, of course, is because they were struggling to get permits from the county, the county that was going to benefit from all that tax revenue, the county that was going to not only benefit from the tax revenue from U.S. Steel, but benefit from the taxes and the jobs and the productivity that that infrastructure would have provided. Why? Because of environmental regulations. Um, they had hoped that maybe they could sneak that through and, and nod, nod, wink, wink, right? Um, however, the environmentalists were not going to stand still, and they didn't. And they made their presence known in Allegheny County. And the county opted to throw up all sorts of roadblocks for those permits until U.S. Steel said, eh, never mind. And so they'll be heading to somewhere where there aren't so many regulations and so many environmental concerns. Now, remember, these were factories were supposed to be factories that had considerably reduced emissions. Um, They were supposed to be model factories. Um, No more. At least they won't be model factories in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. And, And so... Expect to see more of this because, you know, the county officials may have gone one way, may have gone a different way had President Trump 
uh, one re-election. Um, this is just hypothesis on my part. Uh, simply because they knew that the federal government might be willing to get in there and help fight uh, the permitting process uh, along with U.S. Steel. However, um, the tea leaves are what they are. We can see that the Biden administration is nothing but a shell for, for whatever special interest group happens to be whining the loudest. And in the case of Allegheny County, it was environmentalists. And so they'll be building elsewhere. I mean, they're still going to go through with their plan for this lightweight steel for automobiles and such. However, it's probably going to be built where a lot of those factories are, which is probably in Mexico. We don't know that yet. But we do know where it's not going to be built or where they are not going to be built. It's three different plants. And that is in Pennsylvania. So congratulations to um, uh, Chairman Joe on his win there. Um, let's see. Oh, I posted this. Originally it was uh, in the Australian uh, newspaper down there. However, um, I read it originally in the Daily Wire, uh, Ben Shapiro's group. But um, uh, the article was not theirs originally. And it turns out that um, China has been developing uh, bio-warfare weapons. By the way, just for clarification, bio-warfare bio weapons are weapons considered weapons of mass destruction. Whether it's nuclear or bio or chemical attack. These are all considered weapons of mass destruction. And so um, apparently we knew about this. Uh, a Republican congressman, I, I forget his name, is trying to get information from this. They say that the State Department actually has information on this, which I suspect they do. I mean, we know for a fact that China would not allow the WHO to inspect uh, the Wuhan uh, laboratory. We also know that the Wuhan laboratory was funded in large part by U.S. tax dollars, uh, courtesy of the NIH, uh, which meant that this was all little Lord Fauci's doing. Um or at least in part, we do know that Chinese have been working on weaponizing various SARS diseases to be used against whomever their enemies might be. And this is very important because while, of course, we are dealing with COVID this time around, there's also, of course, the SARS outbreak back in the early 2000s. Um, are they fine-tuning these weapons to see not only their effect on human populations, but the reaction of governments to a pandemic 
I've said before that I thought it was an accidental release, and it very likely was. However, look what happened. It really started to explode after the Chinese New Year, after people, millions and millions of people traveled to China to celebrate the New Year. And then they went back. If you were to look for a way to spread a virus, they had it down to a T. Like I said, I still think it was an accident, but one could easily make the case that it wasn't an accident. But that's above my pay grade, and we know, of course, because the Bidens are beholden to China, that little, if anything, is going to be done about it. Speaking of little Lord Fauci, um, he's saying now that maybe by next Mother's Day or so we might be near some semblance of normal and that and that there may, may need to be a need at times for mask mandates from here on out. At what point do we remember that we are Americans and that we have rights? And the one right that we have is that some bureaucrat, because regardless of uh, little Lord Fauci's resume. He is the consummate bureaucrat, the swamp dweller extraordinaire, who has survived a number of both Republican and Democrat administrations. Don't think it's because he's good at his job, because if he was as good at his job as he is being portrayed, he would not be working for the government. Because up until this pandemic, no one has ever given him the kind of power that he seems to think he has, or the CDC has. Um... Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney is the House Republican chair. She's the number three ranking Republican in the House Republican caucus. Um, she's probably going to be out this week. She, of course, has been a never-Trumper all along. She hates uh, those who voted for Trump. She thinks that wars in the Middle East should go on in perpetuity. Um just like her father. And because she's from a safe state, she's immune from problems like what she's about to experience. Uh, all the Republican leadership, except for Liz, has gotten behind Elise Stefanik of New York to replace her in that position. Um, whether she stays in Congress or not, uh, who knows? I mean, she's the darling of CNN and MSNBC. And why? Because she is a high-ranking Republican who is speaking badly against the Republican Party.
I guarantee you that after her 15 minutes of post um, having her position taken from her, that the media and will no longer care about her. Because right now they can use her words against Republicans and say that those Republicans are on the fringe when really they represent the mainstream of the Republican Party. And no, I'm not talking about insurrection, although we could talk about that. Maybe we will here later on. Anyway, we're going to take a break and then we'll be right back. And here I thought I wasn't going to have enough material. There are so many things going on, and I just selected a few things that really kind of caught my eye. Um, in case you didn't know it, the border is not closed, contrary to what the Department of uh, Homeland Security says. Coyotes, uh, the cartels, run the border. They allow people to cross. Of course, when you have these big groups crossing, um, and they're apprehended by the Border Patrol. The Border Patrol is tied up. And while they, in another sector, can be hauling across uh, their uh, illicit drugs as well as their um, actual child trafficking and human trafficking. So when, when they try to tell you that the border is closed, it's a complete lie. It's one of those big lies. Um, let's see. Um, in case you weren't aware, the uh, Department of Justice has dropped some 90% of the charges uh, or 90% of the cases against people who were charged with violent acts during last summer's uh, peaceful protests. Uh, you know, violent acts where they tried to torch the Portland courthouse, for example, and where federal officers were hurt. Uh, most of those charges have been dropped, surprisingly enough, to no one. Meanwhile, uh, only recently have people uh, been that have been held without bail for the no no weapon um, surge on the Capitol. There's no way that that was an insurrection. Where were the weapons? Where was the serious attack on our democracy? That serious attack is done by Antifa. Uh, police stations all over the country that are being attacked. That are sometimes the police are being driven out of them, even in in cities like the, the the People's Republic of Portland and the People's Republic of Seattle, even in those places where the police, you know, are are not, you know, Bull Connor. I mean, there's none of those anyway anymore. Yes, you have rogue cops. Yes, you have racist cops. Guess what? A lot of people are racist and not just whites. But yes, so while all those insurrections were going on last summer, most of those cases against those people have been dropped. But not the cases. They're still hunting down, I think. I'm sure that you've read about the couple in Alaska. The FBI showed up one morning, uh, searched their house, took their electronics, thought that they were people that broke into the Capitol. And while it was true that they were at the rally that the president held, they never got near the Capitol grounds. Remember, only one person actually died during the so-called insurrection, and it was a an unarmed Air Force veteran 
who was killed by a as yet unnamed and will never be charged Capitol policeman. Anyway, what else? What else is in the news that we could talk about? Uh, of course, we've talked about the American Federation of Teachers, the second largest teachers union uh, in the country to the NEA, uh, and how they've colluded not only with CDC, but the White House uh, to completely reverse the CDC's guidelines on school openings. Remember when the vaccine first became available, teachers demanded they be first in line um, in front of seniors, et cetera, and most vulnerable. Uh, you know, if you expect us to teach in classrooms and we have to get the vaccine. But, so after taking their place first in line, uh, they still want the schools closed. And while they may think that this is a, a victory in the short term because the CDC director, you know, one day is saying, oh, schools can open now. Teachers don't need to be vaccinated because children normally, you know, the case of a child passing on the disease is so rare. It's, it's almost insignificant, especially when you consider, you know, that you can put uh, measures in place to reduce those statistics even further. But, um, well, uh, through Freedom of Information Act requests, uh, emails and such have been revealed showing that the AFT had tremendous influence. In fact, the CDC wrote a draft of their policy, sent it to the AFT for approval, sent it to the teachers union for approval. As a reminder, as we go forward, when it comes to the teachers union, remember the union is beholden to well, they're beholden to their political position first and their members second. Nowhere in the teachers' union equation do children fit in. They don't give a flying flip about the fact that they've screwed over millions of kids. The teachers may, individually. The union doesn't. Randy Weingarten, who's, uh, I believe she's the head of the AFT now, actually once was on record saying that when the, when the kids are part of the union, that's when they'll care about the kids. Just FYI. By the way, if you voted for Biden and you were conservative because you couldn't stand Trump's um, lying and such, how are you feeling now? Oh, Finally, in regards to the big lie, and when I when I when I say um, the big lie, of course, I'm referring to what the media calls the big lie, which is that Trump, uh, you know, won the election and that there's fraud and everything. Let me ask you this: Have you heard in the news about audits going on in Arizona, Michigan? Pennsylvania, Georgia. Uh, Georgia does seem to get a little bit more play than others, but did you know that these audits are going on regarding the election, of 2020 election? Did you know that? Did you know also that for some reason Democrats in these states are doing everything possible to keep those audits from happening? In Arizona, which I've been kind of following their the, the Senate has demanded, a, a subpoenaed these records from uh, Maricopa County and 
Maricopa County is refusing and fighting and losing battles, uh, but still they're fighting and they get stays and such. My question is this. If there was no cheating done, why are they fighting the audits? Which brings me to my last segment of the day. It's, uh, you know, it kind of ties into the election because I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but President Trump in 2020 got more votes percentage-wise, percentage-wise, of Hispanics than, than um, Mitt Romney in 2012 or John McCain in 2008. Probably Bush. I didn't go back that far. That more and more Hispanics are identifying as Republicans or independents, but they were voting Republicans. The percentage, uh, especially the counties along the Texas-Mexico border, where they see firsthand not only the benefit of the wall going up, but the policies that President, then President Trump had negotiated with Mexico, as well as Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras, um, keeping their people home while they apply for asylum rather than show up at the border. The big lie, of course, is that this is all Trump's fault, the border problem now. It's not. You know, it was Biden's fault. It's it's the intentions. Because, you see, with Democrats, it's intentions that matter. You know, we talk about, I always say taxation is theft. But, you know, taxation comes in many forms, not just a a financial tax. As I mentioned at the very, very beginning with the U.S. Steel, why are they not going to do that $1.5 billion investment in their plants in Pennsylvania? Because of regulation. That's a de facto tax. When you make companies jump through inordinate hoops to be able to build when you want them to build, That's a tax. Now, it's not a tax necessarily on the super rich, you know, or on the corporation, U.S. Steel. I mean, they were doing this in spite of the fact that the laborers in Pennsylvania are going to earn more because they're union than, say, if they built their plants in Mexico. And so it was going to cost a little bit more, even just with those wages, um, and benefits and such. It was, and But the environmental regulations were too high of a burden for them to overcome. And so they're going to relocate elsewhere to build those factories. Tax. Minimum wage is a tax. You raise the minimum wage $15 an hour, prices are going to have to increase, especially places like McDonald's and Burger King, stuff like that, those kind of places. They are going to have to raise their prices. That price raise is a tax as a direct result of the increase of the minimum wage. And what you're going to find when you do that is that the, the people that you are trying to help the most 
well, the ones that still have jobs, not the ones that get laid off because they don't earn, they do not provide enough value for the minimum wage. But for those that stay, they're going to find that everything is so much more expensive because of the labor cost that they're going to be no better off than they were before. That's tax. That's tax not only on on you and me, but it's a it's a tax on those who can least afford it the most. Again, the poor. Now they're not called taxes. Yeah, well, I mean, what did Hillary say back in the Hillary Care debates? You know, it's not the government's fault that the ca- the company is undercapitalized. Meaning. If they can't absorb their cost, then, well, that's just their own fault. You see, that's where the problem lies, is they don't care about the results. All they care about are the intentions. Biden's plan to open up the order to, to rescind all of these things that Orange Man Bad did without any thought to the consequences. And then to say, well, the previous administration left us completely unprepared. Well, they left you unprepared because they had already solved the problem. And what you should have done, Chairman Joe and company, is instead of just ripping apart all that the president Trump had done, you should have said, what will be the impact of shredding all these executive orders and all these decisions? That is the first question you should ask. That was what some of the struggles early in, in, the, in President Trump's administration was, was dealing with, okay, what's going to happen if What's going to happen if? And yet here comes Chairman Joe with his 10,000 years of federal government experience. Somebody who was vice president was a heartbeat away before. Who should, And yet he was fully involved, if you listen to him, which I doubt completely. But all these people who've been there before... They rip apart these orders, and then they're surprised that people came, and they're saying, oh, no, don't come yet. It's too late. You see them wearing their little Biden let us in shirts. What morons. But you know what? The Hispanics that are here legally and that can vote, there's a huge shift going on. You know, People have always said, oh, well, they're conservative, you know, they're, you know, they're Catholic, et cetera, et cetera. They're conservative. Well, for a long time, they've been just voting Democrat because that's what minorities do in this country. However, the Hispanics have seen what's happening firsthand. They know that these defund the police. They know that all these riots and such are not good for the country, and they're not good for themselves as individuals. And so what happens, it's it's white liberals that are causing the problem, right? white progressives that are causing all the problems right now. 
blacks are beginning to notice as well. Donald Trump, while he, of course, is still a landslide voting Democrat, not as big of a landslide as previously. This, who is the white supremacist president, apparently has hoodwinked a lot of people of color. This is what the media don't want you to know. And this is why people say, why is it that with all these inroads that Trump made into these people of color communities, how is it that he lost? And it comes back to the, um, you know, the election integrity. While they are still looking for fraud and, and, and such, I still maintain that the election was fraudulent because of executives in various states acted contrary to the express will of the state legislatures. We know that in Pennsylvania, we know that in Arizona, we know that in Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin. Funny how things are. Am I espousing the big lie on fraud as far as illegal votes cast? Well, we know there were, but were there enough to impact the election? I doubt it. But what I do know is this. The actions of the executives in those states made the difference. It's the Snake River Lib. Have a good night, and we will try to get back to you on Wednesday.